You are listening to the One of Us.net Podcast Network. One of Us.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to One of Us.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. My name is Anne Myers Johnson, and I uh, I have so many great TV shows. We have Solar Opposites on one, and we have uh, Rick and Morty on the other, and they're pretty much kind of the same shows a little bit, you know? You won't be able to tell them apart. <laughs> I can't feel anything. I mean, this show is a little bit more simple than Rick and Morty, but did, did anybody else sort of feel that? It's definitely got Justin Roiland's sensibilities. It's definitely missing Dan Harmon's uh, crazy meta deconstructional nihilism. There were definitely meta moments. There were, but it, it wasn't as heavy on it. It does feel like a Fox animated sitcom from the deranged mind of Justin Roiland. Oh, totally. But anyways, guys, hey, I'm Nathan, and we're covering Solar Opposites today. Solar Opposites being the show that Justin Roiland did in between seasons of Rick or not even seasons a season of Rick and Morty which has kept that very toxic fandom very upset uh Mike McAllister also known as Mike the editor and we have Harmony hello I don't have a really cool job so hi it's just Harmony and we have Mindy well I like to say that I am a true actress and that I'm also a waitress (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, that got real. And then we have a newcomer. Hey, Matt. Hey, uh, I'm Matt. I'm half of the Nighthawks podcast. I'm, I'm more than more than half by volume. I'm more than half of almost anything by volume. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> are you talking Nighthawks like the Sylvester Stallone movie that I haven't no, seen? No, no. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a conceit inspired by the painting of the empty diner. Oh, cool. The idea is the, the best part of the movie is the is discussion of the movie afterwards. Oh, I absolutely agree to that. That's awesome. Nice. I I have that painting above my bed. Anywho, guys, <laughs> less about my bedroom and more about this show. Uh, so I'm just going to give a sort of basic premise of this. I mean, it kind of has a more... Rick and Morty has the conventions of Back to the Future where it's like, hey, it's this old science guy and it's this teenager who are going on adventures but takes it on its head. This is kind of more of like a take on like an 80s sitcom where there's a a family of aliens who left their home world and they've decided to live in the suburbs of the shithole we call earth and we have justin roiland as corvo doing a justin roiland voice we have thomas middletich from uh silicon valley as terry and then uh they're replicants by two people who i don't know sean jim brone and Mary Mack as Yumulak. How did you guys feel about this uh, little eight episode series that just dropped on Hulu and was extremely easy to watch? I, I, I enjoyed it as as a Rick and Morty fan. Honestly, it felt like it could have been Rick and Morty episodes. You know, it just just kind of fell into that same universe. It felt almost like one of the clip episodes of Rick and Morty. The way I described it to somebody is it's like um, Rick with no reason to be sad is paired up with college age Morty for some reason. And together they're raising the kids from Bob's Burgers. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. Yeah, Matt, that that is a better description than I just gave, gave plot wise for this show. I haven't seen Rick and Morty. Uh, what I hear about Rick and Morty, it seems like it's a show that I wouldn't like 
I rather enjoyed this one. It's like, you know, you have the the plot of the aliens. It's weird. It's like the main plot is the episodic plot. And then there's an arcing plot, which for a gag that in a lot of sitcoms would be seen as a throwaway, which is these the kids have a shrink ray and they shrink little people and put them in essentially a gerbil maze called the wall the wall is the best part of this show (laughs) the wall is in is amazing and like i said in other shows it would be like a throwaway gag but it's like the wall becomes uh escape from new york it's escape from new york if you have andrew daly as snake plissken being as andrew daly as possible (laughs) and alfred molina as the duke they got alfred molina i could i I was just surprised i know he's great i I feel like alfred molina after watching so much rick and morty uh which hey mindy you should watch i think you'd actually like it a lot more than this show if you liked this rick and morty is this with Higher character focus and fewer walk-off gags. And higher concept. One thing I noticed about the show is, yeah, the show's not co-created by Dan Harmon, who co-created Rick and Morty with Justin Roiland. And created one of my favorite sitcoms, Community. Yeah, the creator of Community, he has very, uh, you know, well-known sensibilities that he loves to deconstruct genre, and he's very meta with his humor. And also he tends to be very nihilistic as well sometimes. Like he, um, See, I don't like that. Like that, that sad clown type of thing, and and this show is certainly missing that presence because it definitely feels a lot more straightforward than, than Dan Harmon tends to be, and that's not necessarily a bad thing against the show. Uh, I mean, it does it does help the show differentiate itself mm-hmm. from Rick and Morty. Is it it is to Rick and Morty what Amer what American Dad is to Family Guy? That's a good description. I like that. <laughs> I like adult cartoons. I really like Rick and Morty. I really like. Family Guy and American Dad and all that stuff. So like this, this was this was a good watch for me. I I enjoyed it, um, but was it like out of this world? You know, excuse the pun. Amazing? Yeah, probably not. But it it was a good watch. I enjoyed it. You you said it best, Mike. The absence of Dan Harmon. I feel that Dan Harmon, while being nihilistic and while being, I guess, a little bit problematic, but I can't see even less problematic than Justin Roiland is. If you've seen his early work, you know that he is really a, a really fucking out there artist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to anybody looking at Justin Roiland's early work, tread lightly. Oh, yeah. Do not watch it around your family. Don't show it to your kids. If anything, watch House of Cosby's. House of Cosby's is the tamest thing he's done before Rick and Yeah, <laughs> which is insane considering who it has as a focal point. But beyond that, what this show has is a really good concept. You know, mm-hmm. you have these aliens arriving to Earth who just think it's a shithole. Well, one of them does. I, I think that's the thing I like the most about Thomas Middletich's character is because oh, it yeah. felt very out of character for him. But he uh, he was so excited about Earth. Well, that's the thing about Corvo and Terry. Terry's the bright, sunny one to play off of Corvo's uh, sardonic nature and I like the fact that he's sardonic but not nihilistic there we go nihilistic, nihilistic. Yeah, no, thank I got you. you and and like he will bitch about stuff like every opening uh, introduction it will go into this thing about the, <laughs> the comet blowing up the planet and how they escaped into the space I'm Corvo and- I'm the one who's talking why do people treat old people like shit I fuck them and you know it- <laughs> where's the dinosaurs what do they do with all the dinosaurs <laughs> it's basically that show's equivalent of the Simpsons yeah. couch gag that changes every episode. It's 
It's silly, but not stupid. It's sardonic, but not nihilistic. And that is my sense of humor. I really liked it. And I like the fact that, like, the meta aspect of it, too. Like, the, one of the episodes is Terry and Corvo steal a bear. And it's completely from the point of view of the people that are in the wall. Yeah, you'll have the main plot happening in the wall. Meanwhile, you get to see through because it's a clear wall. Like, at one point, one of them has, like, a dart gun and the other has a bandolier covered in honey. So it's like, you know that outside <laughs> of the plot of this episode, Terry and Corvo are stealing a bear but you only get little glimpses of it and that was hilarious and the same thing happens with the pupa too like the pupa will go off on adventures and that that and do its own thing but you only get to see little snippets of it before it comes back and that's hilarious they are really bad at taking care of that pupa especially when we learn at the end of the first episode that literally the pupa is going to grow up and destroy the world i think what you have to say about uh lacking the nihilism i mean it doesn't have that existential crisis that Rick and Morty or BoJack Horseman has. It, it just, it doesn't take itself so seriously, which is great. What I was missing out of the, I mean, Dan Harmon just being a great voice to bring Justin Roiland to other territories of his humor is that he's able to tackle such high concept episodes and premises in very short amounts of time while making them digestible for your average uh, watcher. Something I was kind of missing that it didn't have that high scope. For Rick and Morty, there's a lot of like emotional content to it. There didn't seem like there was a whole lot of emotional content, unless you were talking about the people in the wall. You know? Yes. So, oh, yeah. No, the people that. in the wall storyline is crazy. <laughs> it's really less crazy and frantic in that Justin is really only doing one voice of the main cast. So if there's any improv going on, it would have to be improv with other actors. And, and, and we know that Thomas Milditch can improv because he's got that special on uh, on Netflix yeah. with Ben Schwartz. If he does the improv, it's very different than what Justin Roiland does with the with the Rick and Morty crew, where it's very hectic and crazy. And it's mostly just Roiland talking to himself <laughs> and using outtake and using outtakes as the intakes, as he's described it. It's certainly a lot less right. of that. Um, it de- so therefore it, it does feel it's much more of a laid back show, even if it is still you know very much the Justin Roiland sensibilities. It's very much the difference between Archer and Bob's Burgers. Here's the thing: oh, yeah, I don't yeah. like Bob's Burgers. I do like Archer. So there is something to be said uh, for being different, and you know, yeah. you're doing a lot of comparison between one and the other. They don't need to be; they can stand alone. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Uh, I, I, the thing I realize that we're we're doing a lot of comparisons review, but like with a show that's as as big of a deal as Rick and Morty is, and that's what's drawing a lot of people in. Is, are the Rick and Morty fans. And I, I know we're bringing it up a lot. We'll certainly try to stay clear to that for a while. <laughs> I, um, I think it's fair to bring it up a lot because I think this show wouldn't have nearly as many viewers without Rick and Morty. And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. My biggest thing about uh, Justin Roiland's sense of humor versus Dan Harmon's humor, and I've noticed this a lot with later seasons of Rick and Morty, is that they will lean in too hard on the over-the-top violence profanity as opposed to you know actual high concept good jokes and i feel like if there's any issue i have with solar opposites it felt like when it's not being funny they just or when it's not confident that it's completely funny they go into these extreme levels of gore which are entertaining to watch but end very quickly while a good joke lasts longer than that 
Yeah, I could see that. I don't, I don't think it was as reliant, but it definitely stood out from time to time. I think there are moments where, particularly with these two school staff members, where, where they're dropping the word fuck so, so liberally that it does come off as distracting. As much as I'm a big fan of the F word, I drop the F word quite a lot, but if you overdo it on some types of shows, it could take you right. out of it. And I think that's the only time where it really took me out of it is if these teachers were scolding the alien children because it was pretty damn frequent. It was pretty obscene with the parent, with the teachers, you know, like it was, it was like, like, like that was like a bit over, over, over the top, even for a show that was already over the top. With the violence, it felt like it is, the show is very much on the line between being crass. And for me, it felt like there were times where it edged over a little bit, but then it quickly went back. So it's like that didn't bother me so much in regards to the violence. I totally agree with you about the teachers who hated these, who hate the kids. They were unnecessary. And when you focused on like the other teacher, like the one who wanted the women to beat the patriarchy, uh, she was a much better character. That's a much better character. If they had focused more on characters like her, that would have been cool. But yeah, focusing on the principal and the teacher that really don't like them. Yeah, that was a bit much. I I took what they were doing there to be the um the old uh, uh you know johnny the homicidal maniac i can i can do whatever i want and for some reason no one arrests me they're, they're pointing out how absurd it is yeah. that it's just the alien kids walking around and everybody knows and even the faculty has given up and that's that's why they're talking to them like they're adults and not the rest of the kids i think the show definitely hits its stride around episode five and eight be, because it, it really struggles to try and find a voice that isn't I mean, I'm sorry to say we're going to keep making the comparison Rick and Morty. But once it starts to focus more on sort of the tenderness between the family, oddly enough, in juxtaposition with all this violence, the characters in the wall, which you guys said, the wall storyline is more intriguing than any of the other storylines in this because it's... It's an arc. It's so original. Yeah, the family is episodic. This is an arc. And I did really like episode, episode six with the Patricia device. The, the, Me too. The, the mom who oh, hates same. the man cave. Like, she, like that, was, that was pretty awesome. The man cave? Yeah, the man cave. Because that's yeah. such a stereotype right. against uh, you yeah. know, TV moms. It's it's such a commentary on that, which was delightful. And the fact that the the premise of that is from the alien standpoint is the girl replicant has to go and fight the patriarchy and yes, on top of it you episode. have this evil robot woman that's killing all the man caves and it, it definitely was an episode with a lot of interesting yes. things to say, yeah. for sure. <laughs> that's always been a funny, touchy trope because there are there are men that feel insulted by those shows that are like, How come Raymond's so dumb? It's like, well, he's not the dumb mm-hmm. one. He's tricked the competent person into waiting on him hand and foot. Those those characters with the with the crass husband and the and the and the wife that, that is the is the competent scold. Those those characters mm-hmm. are written by men. The, yeah, <laughs> those are right. you know, yes. absolutely. It's coming out of a, a male writer's room. Going, yeah, I, I love that they program all the dialogue for her character out of like years of sitcoms and it looks like the the lead writer for that particular episode is a is a woman by the name of danielle uh alark i'm not sure and if i'm saying that right woman, I kim arndt yeah yes so that's maybe that's why this is what i really liked was <laughs> was was that one and i was and and then right after that was was the continuation of the wall story so yeah right around six and seven i was i was there for it i thought it got better as it walked out from corvo and terry 
main plot is less than pupa subplot is less than wall subplot but getting into final thoughts uh matt how did you feel about solar opposites as a whole? Uh, i i liked it i kind of thought it was uh if you if you'll forgive me it's definitely Rick and Morty with fewer steps. It's so in its own footsteps that you can't help but compare them. And I think um, I almost would have liked to see them go with a radically different art style or something. I liked it more than I didn't like it. Uh, if you put a gun to my head and said number it, I'd say 7 out of 10. Uh, it's it's better than most of the adult animation coming out right now. I think yeah. it's a I think it's a separate lighter product with, than than Rick and Morty, and that's okay. Uh, Harmony. It was an easy watch. Like uh, once I was able to sit down and just kind of watch it, I binged it. Like you know, within a day or so, was able to sit down and watch all eight episodes. I really enjoy the Rick and Morty art style um, with the squiggly pupils i don't i don't know why it's just endearing to me the little the zinc, you know, the little scribble scribble pupils. pupils yeah i like i said if you like that type of art style if you like that you know rick and morty hate to make the comparison again if you like adult ma cartoons you're gonna enjoy this so is it you know something new out of the box no not not at all but is it is it fun and endearing i think so so um i'm gonna give it eight out of ten mick caves hating woman robots so mike yeah i mean this was an easy sell to me i've been a justin roiland fan ever since a college roommate showed me house of cosby's back in the day and i'm a huge rick and morty fan and uh you know th this show again it's hard to not compare the two it's definitely a very uh more straightforward laid-back show than i was expecting to be and i think that's a good thing i do agree that sometimes it relies on the shock value a little too much and some and for a show of its kind because it's again it certainly feels more like it's trying to be a fox animated sitcom uh with less restraints it, it should it should stand on its own and i think it does a good enough job standing on its own the show's already been greedy for second season and i think it's definitely gonna improve as it goes on i i really enjoyed it um but i don't think it's perfect i think the cast is great um and i look forward to seeing where this thing goes in the future uh, and I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 sporks on sticks. <laughs> Mindy? I really enjoyed it. I really did. And it, I, as I said, I'm somebody who has not seen Rick and Morty, so I don't have that comparison. I really liked the meta nature of it. It wasn't too uh, in your face, but there were references to, like, you know, those pictures before the commercial breaks where it's like, yeah, now we're back, unless you have the Hulu subscription where you don't have commercials. Look at you, money bags. That's me, I'm money bags. <laughs> I fucking and, love that. I know. So, so yeah, so you moment. have these little meta aspects of it. Like, you know, the the one with the Patricia device, which is the, the one with the robot. You know, the teacher's looking at the girl and it's like, wait, I didn't know you were a girl it's like i have a bow your mouth goes outside your face i don't know and it's like that's just a commentary on that kind of drawing style where it's just kind of that that happens where it's like you have a smile that goes off to the sides of the cheeks and you don't think about it and this character is calling it out so you had like little things like that throughout the whole thing and that was hilarious I loved the pupae story going off on adventures with nobody knowing and then just coming back. Uh, at one point, they go to animal versions of all these different cartoon characters like Paddington Bear and Mickey Mouse and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and he sets them all free and it's great. Everybody loves the storyline in the wall and the, the, 
you know, the fight against fascism in in the wall. And I I really like in particular I really love Corvo. I love the fact that, you know, he's sarcastic and but not too bitter about things. That's what I really like. I my sense of humor is funny and silly and fuck is a word in everyone's vocabulary and this is it. So I really enjoyed it. It was really easy to get into and I had a lot of fun. But though I will agree that there are times where it does get a little bit too gross and and might not be necessary. But all in all, it was really fun. So I am going to give it eight and a half Cheeto covered pupae. (laughs) How does he keep getting that whistle? (laughs) I'd agree with you guys. I think this is a solid first season of the show, just in general, not considering Rick and Morty to it. But uh, stacking the two against each other, I, I miss Dan Harmon's sense of humor. Community is one of my favorite shows. and It is amazing. Same here. Yeah, I, I just like how it's able to tackle high concepts. Same with Rick and Morty. And I felt like this show couldn't quite, you know, handle that outside of the wall plot line. I, I on the whole, enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was breezy to go through. I watched all in a day and... On the whole, I'd give it 8 out of 10 uh, eggplant neon signs. <laughs> and I I look forward to what it does in season 2, which will really just make or break the show for me. 